Welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today, we are finishing our discussion on Advance Wars. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we have Dante. Yo. Next, we have Greg. What up? And last but not least, we have the homie Trevor. What's going on? All right. So, like I said, we are going to finish our discussion on Advance Wars. Um, as I, I think what we were left with was we all enjoyed the gameplay, and nobody except for me was here for the story. And I'm just going to be upfront. I should have listened to Dante. I should have listened to Dante. <laughs> but, I was, uh, go ahead. I I tried my hardest. I knew you I knew you weren't going to listen. I literally knew you weren't going to listen to me. And I'm like this twist that's going to happen is so stupid. And then I just had to put place bets against myself. I'm like is Marcus going to double down on this wrong opinion or is he actually going to see the light? And it sounds like he saw the light. Time to double down now. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um so I I will pick up where we left off. Um uh so where we left off was the potential love triangle between Max Nell and Grit. So um, Nell, Nell, one of the CEOs for the Orange Star, she was just, you know, she met up with uh, the Blue Moon CEO, Grit, and she was just kind of like, yo, man, why did you defect? Why did you go over to the Blue Moon side? And he kind of was like, I do what I want, blah, blah, blah. And um, she kind of, like, took it as uh, maybe he knew or maybe there was some type of low triangle between him and uh, liking her and Max, his best friend and also fellow Orange Star CEO, liking her. Well, guess what? That doesn't even matter. Nothing, that part of the story doesn't get, like, touched on, I think, after this point. Uh, But I think this is Mission 8. You get introduced to Sammy, and she's the third and final Orange Star CEO. Uh, just like Max, she's a veteran. Um, she specializes in infantry and mechs. Um, but uh, her other units are... She's weaker in the other areas. And then uh, one of her benefits... And this is where I learned... Uh, there's a difference between the CO ability and the CO power. So I was using the two terms interchangeably uh, in the last show. But the CO ability is the character's ability that they can just use whatever, or I'm sorry, like the, the bonus or the benefit of choosing this character. So when I say that uh, her infantry units and mech units, those do more damage on a normal turn than any of the other characters, mechs and infantry units. Her uh, CO power is like a bar that builds up over the course of a battle, and she can kind of use it. It wastes the whole bar, and for that turn, she has this heightened ability. And so her heightened ability is um, that her infantry and her mech units have a additional firepower and then a larger range of motion. Uh, and then just like everybody else, uh, um, she gets the 10% uh bonus stats on defense as well and uh the other thing of note about this character she has the shortest charge meter in the game so while her she basically is like i think i speak for all of us like how did you guys feel about the infantry units they were kind of shitty right (laughs) they didn't really use them for anything because they were so weak 
We're talking yeah, about pretty ground much, troops, right? Yeah, the yeah. ground troops. Yeah, like, aside from capturing bases, they're literally the, um... Oh my god, what's... Pawns? Yeah, yeah. pawns. Yeah. And, uh, so she basically strengthened the weakest class of characters. So I think a way to offset that, they gave her the shortest charge meter so she could use her power more often. So Is it, a? Uh... Is it like a meaningful bonus? Like, because generally, like they weren't doing that much damage to most units, but I didn't know if it was like that good. I so when I unlocked her, I tried to use her, and so like the, one of her ability, oh, I didn't touch on this either. One of her abilities, uh, bonuses, is that her capture they it added fifty percent uh, stats or whatever. So when you had ten at uh, base level units, when you captured, it would take off ten, right? With her units, it would take off 15 from the capture. So uh, It still kind of sucks because it still takes two turns. Exactly, anyway, right? it still kind of sucks. Um, but uh, her her bonus, when you use her power, I think normally infantry can move three spaces. I think with her, uh, they can move five. That's the max so they, they can, can move. Die, they can like move a little bit faster to go to their deaths. Exactly, but the other <laughs> plus side is they all the terrain counts as one movement space. So like the mountains, usually for the infantry, they're one of the few units that can move through the mountains, but it counts as two moves every mountain you move. So they could, uh, if you were like, instead of wasting three turns, moving an infantry through this mountain, if you use, if you had that power up on, you could, you know, scale across the entire row of mountains in a single turn, which there's that benefit too. If you're racing a unit to a, capture point or something like that there's actually a couple places where that would be really useful like any of the maps where you don't have like air-based units that would be kind of op i feel like yeah but i guess because like tanks literally can't do a thing if you cross a mountain yeah they can't follow you i guess if you're trying to play a strategy of like just trying to capture the base like maybe that's useful but i don't know even then that the added like range doesn't seem like it's like that great as far as covering distance though and because it's the weakest units too it's just kind of like i can by default like you can move five spaces i think even with the heaviest tank or the medium tank sorry and you do way more damage it's just yeah so it's kind of like a uh just like not worthless but it's like very very specific cases where it is worthwhile um but yeah, so there's your there's that new character, Sammy. Um, so the Orange Star's intention was just to defeat the Blue Moon, but Sammy provides intel that the Blue Moon forces are retreating towards Yellow Comet territory. So you follow them and run into the Green Earth CO Eagle again, who's the ace pilot. He's the, the pilot, the, the mysterious pilot you ran into that we discussed in the first part. And it, it basically kind of reveals that they're essentially, they have their own territory, but they're essentially like an independent battalion, which kind of explains why you find you find them in, other, in, uh, in the Blue Moon border. Um, and you end up fighting him, and I, I don't even think, like, it's the, the, the mission is called Sammy's Debut, but I don't even think you have to use Sammy. You can choose whoever you want, and it's another one of those... Um, fog of war battles but it's it's pretty straightforward like it's a it's a pretty simple fight um 
And uh, after you after you you fight him, he gets butt hurt. Eagle gets butt hurt that he loses, and uh, he kind of dips out. And now you're able to go follow the blue moon uh, follow the blue moon troops that are retreating into the yellow comet territory. And once you get into that area, their leader uh, Emperor Can is it Canbay or Canby? It's like a they're depicted as being like uh, the Japan, the Japan stand-in in this game, and um, uh, so I'm gonna say Ken, Ken Bai. and he immediately sees you moving into their territory as an act of aggression, and basically he claims that the Orange Star Army is not con- uh, content with their own lands and is attempting to steal the Yellow Comet's lands, and then so you end up fighting him and the Yellow Comet Army for three straight missions. Uh, with his tactics changing as he receives order from his daughter and fellow CEO, so- uh, Sonia. So, um, one, his, uh, um, his CEO power is to increase all of his units' firepower by 17%, plus he gets this uh, 10% damage uh, boost. So, um, one, I know this is something that Trevor specifically complained about, how did you feel about these uh, three sections of missions, Trevor? Because I know you were complaining about not being able to have any kind of consistency and you having to fight different characters and not get a game plan. Did you did you like the, the fact that you could fight the same enemy three times in a row and the um, battles changed at all for you? It, it wasn't necessarily difficulty with him. or it, Were you asking me like specifically with him or just the game... Oh, well, I know that was one of your complaints was like you were hop- like you said you were kind of hopping around from enemy to enemy so you didn't have any consistency in like who you fought and I think this was the first part in the game where you fought an enemy three times in a row. I think this is maybe the only time in this game where you fight the same person three times in a row. Um, okay. So I didn't know if that that kind of uh, if you felt any type of way about that. I actually liked it because it, it kind of helps you get a feel for his style of playing because I ended up just using Max and basically steamrolling this guy. Um, yeah, I thought this guy was by far the easiest person you go against. So, yeah, it, I didn't I didn't have any troubles with this one. Um, it was... Did you, what, no, I was just going to say it was, it was after him. Is where I started. I having got trouble. you. I got you. Um, so, did you guys notice, or did you take into consideration, like before each fight, Sonia specifically called out his game plan and kind of like she was giving him advice, and he would dip out before she was finished, and so she was kind of spoiling or telling you how to beat him before the battle started. Did you guys take any of that into consideration, or did you guys just kind of like it didn't really matter? You felt like he was. It was super easy to steamroll him. I was still mashing at that point. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I at least paid attention to it. So, Did, was yeah, it helpful? She literally gave you the FAQ, and you just trash that dude. What was it helpful at all, or did it did it like? Oh yeah, it was literally like down to the like. Hey, you need to get these type of units, move them exactly like in this direction, and he's gonna be screwed. Yeah, so, man, I feel, like, bad because, like, for me, uh, I actually, I think I lost on every single one of these at least once. Despite reading that and knowing what I had to do, I think I wasn't, like, 
away. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what was going on. Like, I, I had issues. I, I think I lost it on every single one of these. And uh, one of the things, uh, the missions are you're lacking in firepower in all three of these missions. So, like, you're severely outgunned in all these. So, like, so mission nine, um, your, your, your crew is holed up uh, behind mountains and you're, like, severely outgunned. There's, like, two choke points, uh, these bridges. So he has, like, his ranged enemies or ranged units up front, and then he has all his firepower behind it. And I just tried to bull, like, just just go in like I normally do, and I got steamrolled. And, like, I was like, man, what's going on? And then it wasn't until, like, I switched up my style and decided to play a more defensive approach that I started seeing success. So, like, this section for me was pretty crucial in teaching me how to, like, play this game a different way. And, like, even though, like you guys said, it it, it was spelled out for you and kind of easy, like, I am I needed this part in order to help me get better at this game. Did, did you, and, like, none of you guys had any issues with this? Or it was just me? Yeah, I didn't really have any big issues here. Dang. I, suck. I think it was on that specific mission where I started to learn to use the map more because before I was only paying attention to the enemy's units but then with this mission mission 9 the one you said with two bridges mm-hmm. um, those are the ones that are kind of running perpendicular to each other well there's two so the mission 9 they're running uh, parallel and then mission 10 they're running perpendicular Okay, maybe I'm thinking about Mission 10 then. Um, But, yeah, that was where I really started using the map more and trying to find strategic points in order to stop enemy units from moving um, from one side and then pushing through on the other side with my units. Yeah, I think that was 10. So, like, Mission 10, which is considered one of the hardest missions in the game... It kind of continues the trend of you being holed up and having lack and firepower. And this one, you're even more outgunned. But this time, you have, like, the the bases that allow you to build ground units. So you have that going for you. And um, you kind of basically have to guard these two choke points um, with enemy forces are trying to spill in from that. So kind of like what Trevor said... Um, this one kind of forced me... One of the things that I did learn in this mission was, like, making sure that I... It's almost like a resource management, almost. Because you're only getting so much points from your... So much currency from your uh, capture bases, your headquarters, on a given turn. So it costs resources in order to build more units... So, like, I felt like this was pretty crucial in teaching me how to play not only defensively, but make sure that I'm not spending my money recklessly and um, making sure that I'm, like, the units that I'm um, building have a purpose. Because I felt like up to this point, I was just building, like, the strongest units that I could and just crushing my opponents, like, just through sheer firepower. Where this one, I like, I had to make sure that I built my units or the units that I uh, built served a specific purpose otherwise like there was no point in buying the or uh building them did did um 
I'm, I'm guessing this is still just a me thing. You didn't, you didn't have that issue, Dante, Greg, Trevor? I think it was, once you get to this point, for me, it seemed like this is where you actually are able to craft units. I mean, you could craft yeah. units prior to this, but this was one of the few, few ones where it actually like started to matter. Yeah. And I think that was a part of it, too, because before, uh, before this level you probably weren't as experienced with crafting units. Like you said, just creating the, the strongest units rather than crafting units that would kind of fit your strategy. So, like, it felt like it was, like... <laughs> it wasn't a tutorial, <laughs> but it felt like you were, like... It was teaching you a skill, like, without being explicit about it, at least for me. Did you feel that What's way? This? Specific mission name, sorry. The mission is called um, Mighty Kenbei. Kenbei. Mighty Kenbei. Yeah. And so that's the one that has the two bridges that are running perpendicular. You have the three bases on your side of the, the map. And basically, they're just trying to route you. They're trying to either destroy or you oh, just take yeah, I did. It. I did end up doing this one a couple times. And because I feel like you have to, you have to have a good strat with the tanks at the very beginning. Otherwise, you kind of get overrun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely a there's an element of okay, I need to figure out where I need to place my pieces so the other pieces can advance, and also how can I maximize these um, the launchers or whatever they're called, the artillery units. Yeah, yeah. Those were kind of the MVP of this map. Yeah, like the the issue that I always had was like. If you got too aggro with like the strong units, the most costly ones, the moment you lose them, I mean, you pretty much got to stall for like three, four turns in order to rebuy it. You know. So, so, was... Did you always just play them out, like the match, even if you weren't doing well? If I lost a unit that I felt was crucial early, then I would try to restart. But often, usually I played it out. So I would just stall. So, like, I I had a couple of games that went 14, 15 turns. At least gotcha. 14, 15. I, normally I'd, like, lose a crucial piece within, like, turn day two or day three. And if that happened, I'm like, I can do better. So I'd pretty much, like, all of these maps, I think I restarted, like, two or three times. All these I restarted when it was like turn 12, and I was like, okay, there's no coming back from this. So I usually was a little bit more invested and like, but it was fine. It was cool because it, it, it taught me resource management and just making sure that I was building with a purpose. And like, like that's why I was asking, like, do you, do you guys feel that this was a mid-game tutorial almost? Because like the care, the Son- Sonya was basically Nell. She told you how to defeat this guy, and it was on you to figure out how to do it and learn how to do it. So I, what I'm saying is this is this a sly way for them to introduce a advanced tactics on something that they introduced in the tutorial? Because that's kind of how I, I see it as being. It's weird. I can see that. It's weird that you start having to use advanced tactics, but the enemies don't get any smarter. Like, your opponent themselves don't get smarter, but it's like either Fog of War or the way the map is laid out that makes you have to use strategy. 
there's yeah, I there's, get what he's saying as well. There's a base level on the enemy AI, and it doesn't really improve throughout the game. The way they tip the scales in the AI's favor, it seems like, is in the early goings of this game. You have superior uh, firepower or just more troops, and then that, that scale starts tipping in their favor. So specifically in this section, uh, these three, three missions... Uh, the yellow comet has way more firepower than you do. So it's almost like you're on the opposite end of uh, how it was in the beginning. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a it was a neat way. It was kind of like they kind of answered some of our criticisms that we had on the last sh- on the last episode. That's how I felt, anyways. Where it was like, well, here Trevor was complaining that you know we're, there's not any consistency in having to fight. You know. M- the same character multiple times. Okay, they did that. Here's Dante kind of saying, like, man, if I had to play a tutorial in the middle of this game, I'd quit playing. And then I'm like, this is basically a tutorial, dog. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I felt. So it was interesting that it was kind of like, we had these criticisms, and it looked like if we had maybe stuck around for a couple more missions, then maybe we would have felt a different way about certain things, you know? Um, I get... There's a little bit more to it than a tutorial, just because these are, at least this fight, is losable. Yeah, there's definitely more agency, so, and you can actually like screw up and have to restart. Yeah, you're you're learning new stuff, but it's still it's still a like campaign mission. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, third and final Kenbei uh, mission is another one. Uh, uh, it's a capture point one. So this mission. This mission was actually pretty interesting as well. So this mission, you had to be the first team to capture 15 uh, uh, bases. And this is the first mission that has airports in it. So I I remember the last episode, me and Trevor were like, we don't know how to heal uh, flying vehicles, aerial units. And the way to heal them is to have them hover at a... Wait, I got a question. What's up? What's What's an an airport? airport? Um, well, let me tell you, <laughs> an airport is where you buy airplanes and where you, they fill up on, uh, fill up on fuel and get life back. The more, you know, um, but, uh, um, it's the first mission that has airports and you need them because the bases are spread out across islands. Um, so it ends up being a race between you and Kimbai to build and deploy troops to the various islands to capture the bases ASAP. So it, 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 this fight also took me a little while because I didn't realize that he starts off with an advantage because, like, he, you both start off with three bases and you have three more on your island where he has six more on his island. So it's like you got to quickly build... Uh, planes in order to get to the other islands because he's already at advantage because he doesn't have to be not as urgent uh to build planes as you are yo greg yep did your mashing get the best of you here uh what you mean as far as like i not... didn't realize that i needed to capture 15 points oh no yeah i did see that i did see that that time okay i i totally messed up and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i got so mad because i was like right at the cusp of winning that match and then it's like game over i'm like what what are they talking about (laughs) (laughs) um how did you guys i mean i played max in the first part and he had one of these capture point uh 
capture X amount of territory in order to win. But I guess this is all your guys' first time playing this win condition. How did you guys feel about it? Um, I like this mission. Um, I feel like up until this point, we didn't have a whole lot of aerial combat, or maybe I I just don't remember it. But, um, but yeah, in particular, I really liked it. Dante? After I knew the rules, I liked it. <laughs> well, that's on you, man. Stop mashing. Um, Trevor, how'd you feel about it? I like this one. It kind of forces you to use the aerial combat. And like before, I wasn't using the um, the helicarriers, but they were necess- very necessary in this map, on this mission. Yes, very necessary. So I had to get used to them, even though they get taken down easily. Um, Going back to last episode, the whole chess 2.0 conversation, this kind of... um reminded me of it because those stupid like fighter jets or whatever they're called are kind of like they're a new unit and I get why they're there but it there's just so many complications taking those freaking things down and I'm like I just wish I knew the rules about what I needed to do before I actually got there and it was just like this one extra layer of abstraction on top of chess that didn't really need to be there. Can, can I? I kind of want to go. I I have a bone to pick because after playing these arrow this fight in particular, I was like, I was really digging that chess 2.0 analogy, and I still think it's a fitting analogy. But can I tell you something that grinds my gears about this game that I didn't realize until the second part of this game? All right. I don't like that not every single troop can interact or every single unit can interact with everything else. What? There's a series. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) You mean as far as like certain units can't damage others and things like that or... What do I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess... guess So a lot of downtime with certain units, like there are units, units that get pretty much grandfathered out of the fight just because all of their opponents are gone. The the moment so like it, it's super apparent with the aerial uh, units. So the there's there's four units. There's the transport helicopter and the battle helicopter. Then there's the fighter plane and the bomber. The only thing that can attack the bomber, as far as aerial units, is the fighter plane. The uh, f- uh, bomber can't hit any other aerial vehicles. The uh, fighter plane can hit the bomber, and it can hit everything, everything else. The fighter plane can hit everything else, but it can't hit any ground units. The the so the moment like the moment you take out a bomber with a fighter plane, it's it's worthless unless there's some other vehicles and aerial units. The battle helicopter can attack the bomber. And it can attack the fighter planes. It can attack ground units, and it can attack the uh, transport helicopter. And the transport helicopter can't attack anything. So, like, it seems like the moment you put one of the things in the sky, you immediately have to save all your resources in order to build a second thing in order to actually be able to protect that thing. And it was so frustrating because they're so expensive. Well, the bomber and the fighter jets are so expensive. So it's like... Anytime I built a battle helicopter, I felt super paranoid about even using it because they were so, like, weak, this easy-to-get one-shot, that the moment that I, you know, try to use it to take something out, 
the enemy can has so many options on order to take it out that it's like, oh, I just wasted you know all these resources for one turn. I guess it's one of those things you kind of have to, since they are so weak, you kind of have to plan around yeah, it a little yeah. bit better and like try to like think ahead a few steps. Like, okay, well, if I get out here, um, are they going to be able to take it out? Or even if they are in a range to take it out, do I want to try and put another unit close to it so they try and go for that instead? To try and keep the you know the aerial unit alive, but but I, I guess I get what you're saying as far as that. I I just my biggest complaint is that you you're expected as the player to keep up with this giant rock paper scissors thing, and it's a lot because especially when you get into the more like nuanced units like the aerial ones or the submarine, the rockets versus the missiles. I had so yeah, many instances like, where I, had... I moved this thing and I assumed I could attack this other thing, but apparently I can't, even though it, it should. I, I had a few, a few instances of that. And like towards the later half of the game, I ended up going into the menu to look and see, cause you know, there's like a little sub menu that shows the entire oh, game. Yeah, I was there nonstop. The entire yeah, so game. I would, I would have to keep going there to remember, okay, well, can I actually hit this if I move this here? So, yeah, I get that. Remember that time on the especially the last episode? Sorry, the one other thing that really, really <laughs> got to me is it didn't tell you, like, if you move this unit, this is one of the units where if you move it, you won't be able to fire after you move it. That really ticked me off. Yeah, though, I think all the indirect ones, that was like a rule of thumb, and they told you tell you that in the tutorial, but then after that, there's no... <laughs> it's not surfaced anywhere so i didn't have that issue because i kind of just apply that rule of thumb from the tutorial on but i definitely agree that there should be some way of surfacing that information if you were to come back you know playing this game after an extended break you may forget that and it can be super frustrating to be like i'm like you know one or two attacks from finishing this unit or like i would have changed my entire attack order if i had i known that i couldn't actually reach this unit with this you know vehicle uh, Trevor, what were you saying? I remember on the last episode when we were talking about how the tutorial was basically just a way to get familiar with the units and not yep. not learn any strategy? Yep. What did what, you want to say? Hey, man. You got to spend a lot of time in that sandbox. So basically Trevor's flexing on us <laughs> is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I, I think I, I mostly played around with the um, the air units in the tutorial. Because those were the most interesting. But. And yeah, get them to like mission seven. <laughs> well, no. Also, I mean. He was too busy getting S ranks. Wh- what you had just explained about um about not knowing which units could damage which other units. Yeah. That's probably what caused me to restart each mission the most. Is because I would end up moving. And then. I don't know if I would hit. um hit wait or or try to fire but you know you can't back out after you've already moved the unit yep <laughs> very familiar with that and so i would just end up just throwing the whole whole match away the whole turn away <laughs> yeah like i don't know like i kind of w- kind of agree with dante what he had said last episode where it was just like if there was some way of seeing what could attack what like just in the in the 
the flow of the game versus having to go into this menu, which granted, like, you're only hitting, at least for me, I was just hitting uh, R, and then, like, highlight a, highlight a unit, hit R, and you can see its attack power, its... Uh... And granted, for the, like, direct attack units, if you move next to them, you could still cancel out. Like, you could move to the pane adjacent to them, and then go to attack, and... Well, you could go to the attack menu, and it might not even have attack highlighted, and then you can hit B, and essentially undo the move. That move. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was super frustrating because it was just like you, I would like it's specifically, and, and this is maybe another thing. This is maybe from playing in planning out your moves. It was a lot more difficult in this game. Just because I wish there was, in some instances, I could move a unit to a spot, not attack, do something else with another unit, attack, and then go back to that initial unit, and then, you know, do the attack with that unit. So I wish you could, like, move, and then just put that unit on hold for now, and then do some other things, and then attack with that uh, uh, initial unit. And does that make any sense, what I'm... Yeah, I wish it. I wish that was an option too. Just because, like, there's a couple times where it's like, man, like this character, and like it, it would make it harder and easier for you because, like, specifically with the choke points, like if you could just like do a little bit of damage on an enemy, bring in your big guys, do a whole bunch of damage, and then move a unit in front of your big guy in order to like shield some of the damage that you're going to get on the next turn. I wish you could do that where uh, I don't know, like there was uh, I had a lot of frustration with that. Sounds like you're talking about uh, D&D 5E versus 4E. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was mostly just thinking Wait, wait, wait. I I need to wrap my head around what you just said. What I said? Yeah. So, okay, so say for example, let me pull up a level. So, say for an example, you want to capture a point. So there's a there's a tank on a point, right? So, say I have three units. I have a tank, uh, mech dudes, and um, something else. If I do an attack with the tank, it's not going to kill the other tank. And then I do an attack with the mortar person, it may kill it or may not, and then I can move my units on top of that point, right? Mm-hmm. There are some instances where I wish I could um, move a unit somewhere, then try to attack. Because uh, there was a lot of instances where it was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I, and I have in my head like my my um, how I'm going to execute what I want to do. And so I start, you know, doing it, and then I get to my third person in this chain, and then I try to attack this thing, and I see, oh my god, there was like a, a 125 bonus. I could have one-shotted this thing instead of doing ticky-tack, you know, damage with two other units before that. Oh, so you want transistors, what you're saying. Not, well, what do you mean? So you remember how you, like, load or whatever the little pause function. Yeah. And then you could literally see how much damage each of your attacks would do along the chain. Yes. And then it's like, oh, well, it would be better if I swap the order of these two attacks. Yes. And then execute. But not so only... you kind of want... Yes. 
that full view. Yes, but not only that too, like, and this is Into the Breach, where Into the Breach you have three units and you can move them into position and then you can do their attacks. So I can move one unit here, one unit here, one unit here, and then I can do their attacks in any order I want to. And I kind of wish that you could do that in this game as well, where I could be like, okay... Like a movement phase and... Exactly, exactly. Or even not necessarily like two separate phases, but just being interchangeable where it's like, okay, I'm going to move the tank here and attack, you know, on the same turn or at the same time. Then I just want to move this unit here and then I'm going to go to a different unit and then I'm going to attack with that that second unit, if, if that makes any sense. Okay, yeah. I can't think of any scenarios where I can explain it, but it makes sense in my head. And there were many instances where it's like, damn, like, I wish I could do this one thing in this game. Or I wish I had the ability to do that. That would make this easier. Because there were so many times where it was like, especially the last mission, where like, it's specifically the missions where the opponent camps on top of a capture point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're camping on top of the capture point around a lot of weaker enemies that I can't like do, like, I can't 100% kill them. And they're just slowly getting their health back. And it's like, man, like if I could just do a, a huge grip of damage and then being able to... Just to elaborate a little bit on that last mission, like, this dude is super holed up in his little city. No, nah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no spoilers. Let's just... <laughs> no spoilers. Let's, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Okay, okay. All right. Um, I know you got some air in, um, grievances there. Yeah, okay. So, uh, let's go back to the, the mission, the actual game. So... Uh, so the first mission, like we said, uh, you're lacking firepower, you're holding up behind the mountains. The second mission is the one with the choke points, and that kind of teaches you how to use your, the base building. And then the third mission is the one where you have to capture the 15 bases. Um, the There is bonus missions. I, there, I think we, we alluded or talked about a, one bonus mission uh, previously. If you did something... Uh, I had a specific win condition or uh, you would unlock a bonus mission. This uh, character, Kenbei, every single one of his missions had a bonus mission if you defeated them a specific way. So his first mission, if you beat it in eight or less days. His second mission, if you beat it in ten or less days. And then his uh, third mission, if you beat it in twelve or less days, um, you would get a bonus mission for each of them where you would face against his daughter, Sonia. And each of these are Fog of War missions, and each of them require you to use a different CO. So the first one, I think you use Max. The second one, you have to use Andy. And I think the third one, you have to use Sammy. And they're vastly different fights. And as far as I know, Trevor was the only one that like unlocked these third mission, these three missions. Did, did any of you guys end up fighting against Sonia and the yellow con- her yellow comet? Troops? I think it, I think I only got the one where you have to use Max. Oh, okay. I, I didn't realize that you could unlock one. I, I thought you unlocked all or none. Yeah. Okay. So how did you? You didn't play it, Greg or Trevor, right? You or Greg or Dante? You guys didn't unlock it. No, I didn't. No. So how how did you? How did you like it, Trevor? I hated it. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> fog of war. Fog of war is probably my least favorite aspect of this game. Uh, it's almost like we alluded to that in the previous episode. Yeah, and it's it's mostly because because you're playing against an AI 
they're not affected by fog war and that's what bothers me the most is because on this mission um uh what's her name sonya basically has a bunch of um rocket units and they're all hidden in the trees and your objective is to capture the enemy's um you know main base or headquarters before they capture yours and they i think this is probably the most aggressive an enemy has ever been about capturing your headquarters because they will beat you um to get to theirs because they like she utilizes the trees too like a lot and like i said she already has rockets rocket units hidden in the trees and so just trying to navigate through there because before you can even see the rockets they're already shooting at you and by the time you find them they've already taken out whatever unit you're using to move through there and so it's it's, man i hate it one one of the things too so like i'm looking at the 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 uh, map the mission and so what makes her tough is that her units because of her co ability increases her range of vision already you know and then her co power increases her range of vision her vision range even more and shows where you're hiding in forests or wherever you know so it seems like it, it seems like it's a super tough mission they know what they were doing they know what they're doing yeah but like the I want to. I don't like fog of war, but the reason I don't like fog of war is because of the traps. So like not being able to see in the trees beside you is kind of whack. But then also when you run into an enemy, like I wish instead of your turn being over without being able to attack, I wish you could like attack them for like ten percent like minus damage or you know what i'm saying so like you do 10 percent less damage because you were caught off guard oh or you're saying like when you like if an enemy's hiding in the trees and you move next to the trees and if it you, uncovers them no not that i mean like I, I don't know maybe this didn't happen on this specific mission but i i i know in the first episode i played max and one of his missions was the fog of war mission and those dudes would be hiding in plain sight but like when i move or do my turn I don't see where they're at. So if I move to a square and the enemy's on that square, a little blip would come up and say trap. And then that unit's turn would be over automatically. And you don't get to do an action with that character anymore. And what I'm saying is, is that I wish that you could still attack, but you just attack with uh, 10% less firepower or something. So if normally the unit interaction would be 25% damage that you do on the enemy make it 15 or something like that because you got caught off guard or something like that or give them a defense bu- uh, buff for catching you off guard but instead of instead of doing that you just lose that like that turn with that character which was very I mean, frustrating even in that scenario that would still suck though i guess it would still suck but you well, can at least do some damage on them you know yeah you're rewarded for for moving and finding them and you know making it easier so you're you're scouting ahead for the rest of your team. You shouldn't be punished for that. Is what I feel. Oh no! Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I started to. I I hate being the one to defend Fog of War. Well, actually, Fog of War is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but once I started using the submarine, and like I got a feel for like how that field of vision works, you can use it to your advantage as well. Because they're beholden to the same rules where if you, like, 
if you're not within their vision, you can also trap them. I don't I don't know about that. Not I don't feel like they move uh, as much as you do though, you know? Cuz I, I feel like if you wait for them. It seemed like Sonya was was hitting me from outside of her range. Well, Sonya, I never played against her, so I can't speak. Particularly with her, her range of vision should be further than yours, Trevor. Yeah. Like because her, like I ran into that with grit a couple times, where I was like, "Yo, oh, man, he has these units." <laughs> grit was OD. But I just, it looks like how is how is he? He's like the Steph Curry of Advance Wars. From like, how is he hitting these shots? <laughs> like these are half court. This isn't even how the game's supposed to be played. Yeah. Uh so uh what was it the issue you had also with Sonya was you couldn't you couldn't forfeit, you had to like defeat her. Right yeah, even even though they're bonus missions, you can't skip them. They're not optional. So if you end up getting one of them, you're basically stuck until you complete it. Well better you than me. It's pretty whack. And that was your end of game, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm feeling myself I'm about to beat this game and Sonya's like wait a minute <laughs> no it's so funny because going off of our group chat Trevor was having so much like an easier time than any of us with this game apparently like apparently Trevor is a tactical genius well, we knew and that me and Marcus are just plebes <laughs> and then I just see this text like I'm not going to finish I'm stuck I'm like what what? <laughs> yeah, Sonia. Sonia must be that dude, a girl. She's that lady. Yeah. So, um, one one question before we go on, Trevor, are you going to finish this game? Like, do you have any interest in finishing this game? Oh or? yeah, definitely. Okay, I meant to ask you guys. Did you and Greg? Did either of you guys finish Chapter Five of Phoenix Wright or Act Five? I did. No, yeah, I didn't. Neither you did. No, I I finished it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, moving on because you did, was this where you were done too, Greg at Kimbe, or did you get a little bit yeah. further? No, actually. So th- what is it? The uh, oh man, I'm trying to remember. The uh, is it Drake? I want to say Drake That's was the... right after. Drake. Yeah, yeah. So I did those, and then it was after that. that okay, stopped. okay. So we're, we're down. So to... You got one more fog of war. In. We're down to three yeah. now. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So, um, the, uh, after, after you defeat the, uh, yellow common armies, uh, you are attacked by Drake and the green, uh, green earth army because of the black, the bad blood that they have with Andy and, uh, Drake, he specializes in naval units. So his, um, his CO power, let me, let me pull up. So. He's a former pirate that specializes in naval units, which are both stronger offensively and defensively. Um, he, where is it? I don't see where his CO ability is. What a bummer! But his CO he does a splash. No, yeah. his his ability, not his power. Oh, oh. Well, his naval units are stronger. Yeah. Sure. So his his CO power is to cause tsunami which causes all enemy units to take one damage and lose half their fuel, which is pretty, like, he's, uh, him and, um, Olaf are the only two, as far as I know, characters with, like, static, like, status effects or, like, area effects, I guess you could say, 
Which I, until you get to the end where you, you're like, oh man, this guy's ability seems OP. Wait, man, to, like, <laughs> chill, chill. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I know you're ready to talk about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but uh, yeah, so Drake was pretty interesting. Um, these are actually um, uh, this is going to be a batch of four missions, and uh, these are all branching like we had before. So they each kind of vary depending on um, who you take between Andy, Max, and Sammy. So the first two missions are against Drake. Um, so I'm just going to lay out. Do, do you guys remember who you chose for these missions? I chose all Max. Andy all day. All Andy all day? Okay. So So for Andy, his first mission against Drake was one of those you have to just capture 12 bases. Uh, Max's first mission against Drake was a fog of war naval battle, and I think that you said that's who you chose, Greg. You chose, yeah, Max? that's who I chose. Yeah, I did that one too. Um, how did you feel about that fight? Because I, I, I was kind of confused because Max specializes in ground units, and like it, it just was kind of weird that they gave him a navy battle because it was just like, what? What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what they were thinking with that, but 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 I don't know. It's it's also a fog of war mission, so I was pretty over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was kind of cool. There's like little islands and things like that, and like he said, it's a fog of war. But I, I don't think fog of war is missions are as bad with naval units, just because their line of sight seems like so much bigger than other Bruh, units. The end of that mission is in infuriating because like you're right at the cusp of capturing a stupid point and then he has like a stupid submarine or whatever that's in this fog of war area and like 90 percent of your troops can't access it wait you're you're talking about andy yeah andy's is different than drake's or andy's is different than max's oh my bad no no that's all good i'm still salty about that mission (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh, you you chose Max for the second mission too, uh, Greg. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I'll just throw out Sammy. So Sammy's first one is a fog of war. So Sammy had she had it rough. So um, Sammy had a fog of war battle, and she had to capture fifteen bases for her first mission. And then her second mission was a fog of war battle, and you had to protect both of your landers. So it was one of those, like, here's the win condition, you know, defeat all of his enemies, capture the headquarters. Also, there's Fog of War. Also, if you lose one of these units, you lose automatically. And I don't understand how they did, like, why they would do that. (laughs) It was like three or four variables stacked on top of each other. It sounded really rough. But uh, Andy's second mission was a fog of war battle, and you had to protect the missile unit for ten days. And then Max's was a fog of war battle, and you had to capture the headquarters within fifteen days. And so, how, how did you feel about um, having these variables stacked, these these win conditions stacked together? Did you did you guys feel like it made it any more challenging, or did like how did you guys feel about the, those second missions? It just made it more annoying, to be honest. More annoying? Like, at least for me, like, especially that, uh, <clears throat> the Naval Clash one, I think that's the second one we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, 
like it's already annoying trying to deal with um the battleships because they have such big range and then you add that on to the fact that they have you know you have to deal with fog of war like just trying to trying to navigate around that just i don't know i I definitely had to restart this mission at least like six or seven times same (laughs) (laughs) like it was pretty ridiculous my dude had three battleships he had three battleships it was a fog of war fight and you only have one that is not that's not right <laughs> like, and you have to use the submarines a lot and like try and abuse or not abuse but kind of take advantage of you know the how much like you know dive yeah having to do See, that i i appreciated it in that regard like in my eyes this was like the quote-unquote get good mission for like naval combat so it really made you learn how to use the sub what the sub can do and how the other naval units also like function in the sea against one another so like i appreciate it in that regard so you mean there was more tutorial missions in the middle of the game there's a difference because like in a tutorial i expect a win this was not a give me by any means well Okay. This, is, this, this sounds you like your. This stuff. sounds like your. This is like, hey, you need to learn some. You have to actually get good with these mechanics. This is kind of what Dark Souls does in a way. It's like, okay, well, here's your game plan, and it works for like, let's say, the first forty percent of the game. Now we're gonna throw this like curveball at you. Now you're gonna need to adjust your game plan to incorporate this new aspect to it. You saying that. It not being a tutorial because I expect to win sounds like you saying it's not a puzzle because I didn't stop to think about it. I'm just saying how it sounds to me. (laughs) I mean, I can kind of get what you're going for, but okay. At the very least, more than a tutorial. At the very least, it's not. It's not a tutorial, but it's like another. It's like mid. It's another level. Like the new God of War does this a ton, where like. For the first third of that game, you can get away with just throwing your axe. But at some point, they introduce some new enemies that completely counter that strategy. And essentially, you're left to figure out, hey, how am I going to deal with these new problems? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's pretty much what this game is. Like, it's like just a lot of video games where it's like, okay, the tutorial, here's the basics. And then you're going to come up to an enemy type or something, some puzzle that forces you to... See, I don't consider that a tutorial, and I think that's that's the fundamental disagreement okay. that we're having right now. Okay. But I get what you're saying as well. It's just, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, like, this is the test. <laughs> it's it's like an introductory sequence or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Like, And I actually, after thinking about our conversation we had, I do see this as like a tutorial or at the very least building blocks on the basics that you learn in the tutorial. So I actually think that this game, I at first I was thinking the game didn't do a good enough job of teaching you how to play it. Or I, I think that's where we kind of landed on. But I think that this second part, which is kind of a little bit frustrating because like I felt like I was okay at the first half of this game but the second half I felt like I I found myself getting stuck more 
And I felt like that's that was me learning how to play the game, the second half of the game, if that makes any sense. See, that's it's kind of weird because I feel like I had such a much easier time, aside from the last mission on the second half, compared to the first half. <laughs> how did you guys feel, Trevor? I mean, I, well, we know how Trevor. Well, plays. I mean, I know Trevor didn't get as, he didn't get as far, but I mean, do you? Did, how do you feel about the tutorial now that you played into the second half of the game and you can kind of get some see how the game was progressing? I mean, I still wish they would have introduced certain elements like the bases and being able to create units and like the um, uh, what do you call it um, where you can heal your ships and stuff like that. I still wish they would have introduced that kind of stuff early. Like a port? Yeah. I, I wish they would have introduced it in the game. Like, I, I do agree with you on that. Like, I remember that was one of your criticisms the first episode. But I do think that the second half was more effective at teaching you advanced tactics to complete this game. Or different ways to approach battle. So, it, it was kind of like almost addressing that criticism, too, where you were kind of like, man, I just kind of wish you you know, learn as you were playing the game or whatever, and, like, this is them kind of doing that. And But th- my only complaint is I wish they would have done it earlier, sooner rather than later. Right. So, like, what's the point of teaching me how to do naval combat in the tutorial if I'm not even going to run into it until, like, mission 13? Yeah. Like, they should have just not given you the basics so that way the, the first mission is a super easy naval battle, then the second one teaches you advanced tactics, and then the third one teaches you even more advanced tactics, or something like that, you know? At least in that situation, you would have got to the game a lot quicker than, you know, the three hours exactly. of the tutorial exactly. you had, you know, at the start. Because, like, like, maybe we're playing this game with a deadline, but, like, who's to say that somebody is like, I'm going to play this game, and, oh, man, this tutorial took so long effort I'm not going to play this game then they come back to it and they try to hop into the campaign and don't remember anything from the tutorial and like it's fine and good for like <laughs> the first half of this game but once they get to the, the Navy battles and it's kind of like oh well, you're almost kind of forced to go back or just you know beat your head against the wall until you do learn it you know I maybe it's because I played the game really really fast like I essentially played through the game in a week but I didn't really not retain any of that information, at least, like, the basics. I never felt overwhelmed when I got introduced to, like, the sub or, like, the battleship or the, like, any of the air units. So I didn't mind it that much, but I could definitely see where somebody's like, well, I don't feel like they explained this. Well, like, I mean... You say that, but then, like, I had the issue with the battleship and the cruiser that you had with the indirect units where you would move them and expect to be able to attack, and you couldn't do that. And, like, so I, for the longest time... Yeah, that did happen, but, I mean, that was kind of, like, a universal for me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for me, it was just kind of, like, what's the use of the cruiser besides taking out submarines? And I, I like, I don't know still, like... It, you can it, fire on land units. I, the cruiser can? I'm pretty, yeah, it, the cruiser is like the medium size. Yeah, boat. it has a pretty big range. If I'm thinking about, I that did right not way. realize it could Three fire. On, I didn't know it could fire on land units. I thought only the battleship could. Did you think it was just like a one unit type of ship? I thought the crew. I didn't wait. 
the cruiser could carry because it had two different weapons on the it. The cruiser could carry stuff. Uh, there was a. Now I'm getting my units confused. Like the cruiser is literally the thing that can take out the submarines. That's the one I'm talking about. The one that can take okay, out whatever one can take out the submarines also has a three to five range attack. I didn't. That it can I didn't realize that it could fire on the ground units. Yep. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I just wish some of that stuff would surface better. <laughs> Dang, I didn't realize that. Exposed. Right. Right. Um. Shoot. My whole life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, um, and uh, I, I want to say I, I ended up doing for Max's one where you had to capture the fifteen or capture the headquarters in fifteen days. I literally had a turn where if I could like capture the headquarters, like just because they were damaged just enough that. Um, if I had one more life on my my infantry unit, I would have been able to capture. That would have made the difference between capturing it on the fifteenth day and capturing it on the sixteenth day. So I ended up losing because I didn't have enough life in order to take over the headquarters on the fifteenth day. So I had to restart on the last day, and I was really sad. Sorry, I, I was thinking of the battleship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew the battleship can. I didn't know the cruiser could attack because most are like <laughs> it's the APC equivalent, right? No, the lander is the APC equivalent. Then what is the cruiser? The cruiser is the 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 middle. So there's there's the the lander is the equivalent to the um to the transport helicopter. The battleship is the equivalent to the bomber, and I guess the cruiser and the submarine. I, I guess the submarine is the battle helicopter, and the cruiser is the uh, jet pi- the the jet fighter. Because I think the cruiser could only attack submarines, because the cruiser couldn't attack battleships. As you can see, folks, this is literally this chess 2.0 thing that I've been alluding to, where it's like, man, what what can attack what? And if you had to draw like a Venn diagram of like, hey, this unit's effective against these, but not these, it would look like a 10-layer cake or something like that. I don't know. It would be so ridiculous. Um, They could just make it so much more simple. The, and... Did anybody play the other, like, the the games after this? Uh, I'm just curious if it's something that they addressed in the later versions of, of the games. Did, say that again? Nope. Say that again? No, I, I was just curious if anybody played, um, like, any more of the Advanced Wars, like uh, Advanced Wars 2, Days of Ruin, or uh, Dual Strike. I played a little bit of Dual Strike, but I don't remember, like, a whole lot about it, so I don't know if they addressed that whole thing of what unit can attack another unit making it easier to tell or, you know, not as complicated, I guess. I actually don't know. And like, that's something that I'm interested in. I'm doing it again, but I would like to continue playing this game, this series, but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition because I right now don't have any time in my schedule to (laughs) devote to this game. Plus whatever else we're playing. Plus my own personal, enjoyment game so one day one day indeed so um yeah so as after or as you're fighting drake in these two missions um he starts to realize that the orange star weren't the ones that initially attacked the green earth 
he actually thinks it's a he this is his theory he thinks the entire conflict has been orchestrated from the very beginning and so in order to test the theory out he has uh eagle fight on the orange star so then that opens up mission 17 i guess it and this, I'm just saying the number, but like, it's it, it's taken into consideration the bonus missions, so that's why the number name, numbering conventions are kind of funky. <clears throat> but um, uh, basically, all the Orange Star CEOs want to know why Eagle and the Green Earth Army are sweating them so much, and this is uh, whereas from the uh, Green Earth point of view, Eagle is testing out Drake's theory. So this is. Um, another branching part of that branching uh missions so you can choose andy max or sammy and all of them have different uh win conditions or different missions i'm guessing dante you chose andy greg you chose max yep yep okay i think i actually chose andy for this mission yeah i chose andy so Andy's was pretty straightforward battle, you know, win by either destroying all units or capturing the headquarters. Uh, this time, though, it just was a lot of mountains in this mission and, like, not a lot of road. And uh, so moving around was kind of difficult. And so there's a big focus on indirect units and the aerial units. And I think Max's was straight up power versus power. So the only way you could win with him was uh, destroying all the units. There was no capturing their headquarters option. And then for Sammy, (laughs) I looked it up. Hers is the same exact mission and map as Andy, except for a Fog of War version. So they give this girl the short end of the stick again. I don't understand. But um, after the fight with Andy, Andy and Eagle have an exchange where Andy again claims that, uh, excuse me, Eagle again claims that Andy attacked the Green Earth Army. Andy challenges him by asking why he, or he representing the Orange Star, would go out to attack other countries. And, uh, like, what would they have to gain from doing that? And Eagle kind of ponders on the response because he doesn't have a good reason. And uh, Drake kind of butts in. um, And he's kind of unsure of what to do but then actually drake doesn't butt in sonia butts in the the yellow comet co and she requests his presence because she's just uncovered something he needs to see and he's initially concerned but drake kind of reassures him and uh ego kind of goes off with sonia while drake holds down the fort and he fights you in the final battle with the um green earth so uh this is another branching one uh i'm guessing you pick max and you pick drake I mean, sorry, Trevor, I mean, Greg, you picked Max. Yep. And then Dante, you chose Andy? Indeed. Okay, so Andy's is a fog of war search and destroy battle. I chose Andy as well. And on this one, you have to, like, it's a naval battle. and uh, Naval slash land battle. And you basically have to find and locate Drake's lander in order to win. And how did you feel about this mission, Dante? Because this is like the first, like, I think this is the only search and destroy mission in this game. So I'm trying to kind of remember the map. 
It's this like was, um, Wings of Victory. Battle Mystery. Battle Mystery. Okay, so it's the next one. Um. So from what I remember, man, I remember doing this in Fog of War, but I thought you said that Sammy. No, no, no. Yeah, there, there's Fog of War for this for Andy as well. Okay, but Sammy's version is a Fog of War version of Max's. No, no, no. You, you uh. When I said that, that was about the previous mission. Okay, okay. I was just getting confused because I was like, yeah, this was definitely a fog of war. And, yeah, like, aside from the very end of this mission, I was fine with it. But there's a point where there's just like, actually, this map doesn't look like the one I think it is. Uh-oh. Um, Maybe you're not a one-character man. Maybe you No, deviated. I'm definitely a one-character dude, but... <laughs> You're going to have to come back to me. I'm All right. Gonna have to so think about this. I played this one and two things. One, why can't ships go underneath bridges? That infuriated me. <laughs> There's hella bridges in this level and there is no way for you as a ship to go under them. You have to go around them, which greatly increases the amount of fuel you spend. And then two... I literally killed every single unit in this, and I could not find the lander. And that was the last, that was the the win condition was to destroy the lander. And I end up finding it, like, way late, and it's just like, oh my god, like, this is the only thing left. And I felt, like, ashamed, because I was like, why could I not find this thing? Because, you know, Fog of War and all that. Um, for, uh, For Max... I think his was a straightforward battle, uh, two islands facing each other, and uh, basically uh, naval units and units, uh, ground units to ship over to the other island in order to fight. So it was it was a pretty straightforward mission. And then um, for Sammy, hers was a fog of war battle where you had to protect the infantry unit for eight days. So. She kind of—I don't even know if that was easy or not—but it kind of seemed like it was a. She finally had a more chill mission compared to the others. Um, and af- after this battle, the uh, where am I? After the battle, Greg, uh, Drake reveals that Grit and Sonya have been doing recon behind the scenes to expose the mastermind that has been putting everyone at odds. So his theory is coming uh, into light. His, and uh, when uh, Eagle met Sonya, Sonya reveals their mystery foe is the Black Hole, uh, which is the fifth territory in this game, the fifth country, under the command of, I'm guessing, his name is Storm, but the O is a U. So is it Sturm? Sturm. Sturm. Can we also just backtrack for a quick second and talk about how weird it is that their strategy for unveiling the final villain was to pretty much kill one another to buy time or lure him out? I have no idea, man. Because at a certain point, I was just kind of like, so Drake has this theory, and instead of just straight up asking, he's going to go fight these guys and then be like... It made no <laughs> sense whatsoever. And it that, made me that, so mad. That's when I kind of was like, man, Dante was right. Because I was like... Not only does he have this theory that these aren't the bad guys after all, you fight them two more times. 
So he fights <laughs> you like, twice. You're definitely not the bad guy, but we're going to fight you just yeah. to lure out the bad guy or something it, like they, that. They fight your units twice. Then he's like, hey, man, I have this idea. I'm going to be right back. Can you hold this down and just keep fighting that guy for me? And then Drake fight or Eagle fights you for Drake. Then Drake comes back and is like, yeah, I think I might be right. But just to be on the safe side, I'm going to fight them again. Like, what? <laughs> They're not the sure real ready. They're not the real enemy, but just to make sure I'm going to weaken them a little bit more or lose. <laughs> let, let me expend all of my manpower in units. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, Orange Star never had the capability to launch those offensives while simultaneously repelling Blue Moon's attack led by Olaf. So I'm not sure if this is kind of trying to tie in just because you, you, you fight Olaf in the field training in that tutorial section. I'm not sure if it's alluding to that tutorial section when you're fighting him and learning the game or alluding to the very first couple of missions where you're fighting Olaf. But um, anyways, uh, you, they, there's a clone of Andy that the Black Hole used to stir up war amongst the four countries in order to confuse, weaken, and eventually conquer them. Yes, um, you heard him right. There's a clone. This game is about clones. Andy has a clone. Andy has a clone. If this was Metal Gear, we'd be we'd be applauding it, right? Am I right, guys? But it'd probably be a lot cooler in that off. game. You said what? It'd probably be a lot cooler in that game. Probably. I don't know about that actually. <laughs> Nano machine, son. Nano machine, son. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. So now you've uncovered the real mastermind, and that brings us to the final section of the game. Um, and so, mission 19, Andy times two! <laughs> and it is, you are locked into using Andy, and you must, and uh, you actually, this is the first time you get to team up with an uh, a enemy, or excuse me, an AI, and you get to team up with Eagle. So it's Andy plus Eagle controlling Green Earth Army, and you fight the Black Hole version of Andy. And uh, this is actually... How, how did you guys feel about having... Or Actually, yeah, we, we've left <laughs> we've left Greg at this point, so it's just, just as a, a Marcus Dante conversation. So how, how did you feel about having an AI-controlled teammate, Dante? So at first, I was a little against it, just because I'm a critic, and I was like, man... This dude has probably the best CO ability in the game, or CO power in the game, and he's just squandering all of his like air, air units in this very specific way. But, I mean, it was cool. Like I liked having Eagle on my team just because he literally gets to attack twice, which is super OP, all things considered. Too bad he was wasting it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, um, I, I thought it was actually kind of cool, and I, I was thankful that... You don't have to control his units, you know? I was actually happy that I didn't have to worry about using him because I probably would have inevitably been stuck on this mission a lot longer, you know? Because I probably wouldn't have used him the right way. Yeah, that's true. The the one thing about this mission is pretty much he gets to the point, and this goes back to our conversation about like what units can attack other units, where he does his job... And then he's pretty much like a non-factor for the rest of the mission. Yep. Like he takes out all of Andy's air troops and then it's like, okay, well, I did my part. And so like it almost like 
we say we have a teammate, but really, do you, like, if you just took out the air units on your side and on Andy's side, it's the same fight, you know? Yep. You're literally just watching an air battle go on. Like, you're literally watching cutscenes is essentially what you're doing. So, I think it's awesome that you have a teammate, but, like, the fact that he he basically does his job and then that's it, he can't do anything else, kind of sucks. Yeah, man, if only you could, like, control other people's units. Man, if only. Like but this game, if only. this game came out so long ago, why would you be able to do that? That sounds OP. Man, that, that sounds like it would be the best mission ever. It does. Oh, like, oh man, well. I, I hope they implement that in the sequel and, like, not the next mission. Oh, well. Oh, well, um, luckily oh, for you, they Make don't. Make that mission three to... times longer than it needs to be? <laughs> Uh, so after you finish the mission, um, enemy reinforcements have, are spotted on the horizon. So Eagle sends the orange star onward while he handles the clone and his army. Sammy kind of like, yo, man, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll stick around and help you out. But Eagle kind of says Sammy's help is needed more on what's coming next than holding off the enemy. So then, uh, mission 20 is the mission where you finally face Sturm head-to-head. And this is the first uh, Sturm mission. Uh, this is a pretty pretty tough fight. It's uh, This is the... There's a couple things working against you. So this is the... I think this is the biggest, the largest scale battle that utilizes ground, aerial, and naval units. I think this is the... Let's see what you've learned... Uh, this this stage also has hella territory or uh, terrain. You know, like there's the rivers, there's the mountains, there's the um, forests, the reefs, all that. And then uh, on top of that, you get to build units. So there's like enemy or uh, resource management involved. Um, his units aren't affected by the terrain in the same way. So his in- units can like just man mode over mountains and rivers like it's nothing where you have to struggle around them and then he has superior firepower so like everything is working against you in this fight um but go ahead i was just gonna say there's a very specific thing you have to do in this map and there's like an airport in the top right corner and you have to make sure you get that i was gonna say the port and the airport oh yeah you definitely had to get both of them but i feel like the airport like you need that ASAP or he's going to mess up everything. Yeah, so uh, th- this this fight was kind of cool because there's like, there's some, like, there's actually like some, it, it seems like there's strategy involved, like, which is stupid to say, but it seems like there's more strategy involved in this map because of the fact that you have access to all these units Be- and just because of how the map is set up because like there's multiple places on the map where you can build units so like there's multiple fronts in this map where there's like a port and a base a ground base right next to each other there's a a, the island across from it there's an airport so it's kind of like okay you you can have an offensive over here but you also need to make sure that you're attacking them from the other way so they can't focus all their units in one direction or the other so i i thought this was like a super well thought out and dynamic fight and I actually really, really, really enjoyed this fight. Um, and then also, like, you don't really learn that much about Sturm because he doesn't use his CO power in this map. So, um, 
he's like some evil like he looks like a robot like he looks like a shy like does he blow smoke out his mouth his mouth is kind of like a shy guy he looks like a stupid octopus <laughs> what a great way of saying that it's a Mega Man boss right a Mega Man octopus a stupid metal octopus I stand corrected <laughs> alright uh, what do you how, you got anything you want to add about that mission I, I, I think it was the most successful like if you were to like say okay what is the map or the mission in this game that shows you the full breadth of what this game can do that would be the mission right yeah, like this and the next one. To be fair, like no, F I was that. reading a F like that. I would glance at a walkthrough every now and then just to like see how much longer I had, pretty much, and just get like the gist of a mission. And they're like, "This mission is hard, um, but don't worry about it. If you're having trouble with this mission, you're really screwed by the time you get to the next." Which, for the most part, is kind of true. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add for this specific one. Alright, well this mission is cool. If you guys were in the if you were to play up to this mission, you did you did good. You did good, kids. Um This last mission, the final battle. Where do we begin? So, um I have no notes. I'm just gonna go off emotion. I guess. Oh everybody like if you played that mission, you remember what happened. I have no notes. Um So this mission is set up. It's you plus two teammates. And based off of how your previous fights and encounters went, determines how you, which teammates you get. So um, you can have, so you you can have, I think 100% you always have an Andy, but then you get a blue moon, um, you get a blue moon uh, or... Guaranteed to have a blue moon troop and then uh, either green earth or yellow comet. So, uh, who did you have, uh, Dante? So, for me, it was Andy, Max, and Drake. Oh, really? You had Max? Yep. Dang, yours sounds so much better than mine. So, I had Andy, Grit, and Sammy. Huh. I'm so worthless. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, you could literally have any character that you run up to at this point besides Sonya, Sonya, and Sturm. You could have any of the other characters, Olaf, Grit, Max, Drake, Kenbai, or Eagle. So the one thing I will say about this level, just going off the front, there's no air, uh, naval combat. It's all aerial and ground units, which kind of sucks, but the bit... The, the, uh, another plus for this level is uh, there is no fog of war. So let's talk about the minuses. Let's talk about. Could the you negatives. imagine this mission with fog of war? I would. So- sounds easy then. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, my man Sturm has. So here's here's one Wait, of my. We gotta issues. set up the entire like before the before the mic drop that he does on you. Okay. So, there's basically, there's a river separating your land from Sturm's land, right? There's five bridges to get across to get to his land. Each of your army, like, so your main army's in the middle, then you have an army on the left and the right side of the map. Everybody 
one, you don't share resources, and you can't, your 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 troops don't necessarily like you can't join or group up your troops. So you are controlling three different armies. Unlike mission nineteen, where you have an AI controlled eagle, in this mission you play as Grit, you play as Andy, you play as uh, whoever you know, whatever character. So you're controlling all three of these armies. So there's that. Um, the benefit on three separate turns, mind you. On three, like there's an back Andy to back turn, to back. Yes. There's a CO one turn, and then there's a CO two turn. Yes. Storm's turn. So that sounds cool, but then it's just like it ends up being one. It ends up being very confusing because like it's like oh I was doing this action on this thing and like I, I sometimes confuse which army I was controlling yep. on a turn. Um, and then, but the the main negative is is that you guys are racing against Sturm to basically capture these headquarters, these 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 bases, in order to build money. And there's the money isn't shared amongst the well, different. I want to contest that a little bit. So Sturm comes in with like, let's see, I'm I'm just gonna really quickly tally up this picture. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, sixteen, seventeen. He has about twenty pre-captured points, buildings or whatever. So he he literally rakes in thirty-one grand off the bat. He, he has twenty of those plus three ground unit building bases plus two airports. Yep, and. When Marcus said there is five bridges, only one of those bridges is like leads not to his covered base. by mountains <laughs> that actual like tank units and stuff can go into that place. And he has mortars everywhere, so if you tried to go over those mountains with troops, rest in peace. So there's literally like this one bottleneck that is the ultimate like choke point for the match. It's the biggest fu to the whole reason you have three troops. And since he has all of his bases behind this bottleneck, you can't really take them. So he's always getting the 30,000 and building like four or five new troops per turn. And on top of that, (laughs) there's these, like, right across the bridge, there are bases for him to capture or for you to capture. And because of the sheer amount of units that he can force through... The, I'm pretty sure the mission has to go this way, where it's basically he's in the he has this fortress behind the mountains. He sends his troops out, gets all the territories right outside the front steps. Then you basically it's a war of attrition where you basically have to keep building enough troops that you can just throw at him to like whittle him down, while also like trying to take over those territories so he's getting less money while also building up your troops so you can finally send your heavy hitters through his fortress. So we had a slightly different strategy, and I guess we'll go into that once we hit that phase of the But the biggest FU of all, the biggest FU of all, is like, I think like every four turns you get his CO power. His CO power is a meteor. It's literally Sephiroth. It's a meteor. And what it does is it hits a group of enemies, and it takes them from full health down to one or two HP. It's pretty ridiculous. So he, like eight damage. 
it, it takes off eight damage, and like the benefit is, is like even if that enemy isn't, or if your unit, it, it never kills a unit. So like if your unit is already like at one damage or two damage, it's not going to bring it down any lower. But any unit above that, it brings it down to two automatically. So the problem is, is you are stuck at this bottleneck that you're trying to get through, and it just basically means that he keeps on. F, like throwing this this meteor at you that at the beginning of his turn, mind you, that immediately just destroys everybody at the bottleneck. It brings their life down, and he just picks them off. And then you basically have to spend the next five or six turns, or, or uh, excuse me, four or five turns rebuilding units to get back to that point. See, I had a very different experience than you did with this match map, but we'll get into that later. Like. The initial part of the mission, how did you handle it? I basically, I captured... Like, without question, you have to capture as many, like, bases, open bases as you can. Yeah, like, I captured all the stuff with my COs 1 and 2 on their sides. I captured the bases behind the headquarters with uh, my mate, with Andy. And then I was literally, it was like maybe 12 turns of me fighting with uh Sturm in the middle like it took me forever just to get the the airport right by my starting spot like so that took I me eight turns capitalized on the airport for co2 the rightmost co yeah and i kind of used them as like my aerial person on my left i had on um, mac so obviously i was just cranking out tanks with that dude and with Andy, I focused on the bottom, and then I eventually got his other stuff. See, and the reason why our strategies were different is because we had different unit or different COs. So my left was grit, so I focused on the indirect guys. So I had a bunch of rockets and mortars and artillery on the left. And then I would send any of the, the units, like I would build infantry guys, and I would just send them over the mountain uh, to the right side to help out with uh, the guys in the middle. And then on the right-hand side, I had... Sammy, who's absolutely worthless. She's the worst character in this game, and I was stuck with her. And I just, I, I didn't have a and strategy. All you had to with do her. was walk over those mountains and your little buff infantrymen. <laughs> no, dude. So much what? Do like twenty percent on a tank instead of like ten? Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I think grit was useful, but Sammy was not. Uh, and that was very frustrating. I ended up finding, like, I, I got super frustrated. Like, I was super adamant. Like, I'm not replaying this this level. I'm beating it on my first turn. So I um, I was on the the Wikipedia page, or you know, the Wikipedia page for this as I was doing up the show notes, and I kind of scrolled down to see, like, oh, you can have different units or whatever. And I saw like a um, and I I saw this like maybe turn. 13 or 14, so I was already really deep into my playthrough, and I saw that a way to avoid <laughs> getting bombarded by that meteor was to build a whole bunch of artillery units and just kind of put them off to the side. Or, I'm sorry, infantry units. Oh, that's dirty. Infantry units. So I started... So just kind of bait them? <laughs> yeah, so I started doing that with um, with Max, because he has three ground unit bases. Uh, so I would build three infantry at, at, on a turn, 
they'd kind of move them in the same general area, build three more, move them in the same general area, build three more, and just kind of have them sit there until he did his meteor. <laughs> and since they never died, you never had to do anything. Exactly. Because at that point, too, I took the fight. At that point, the fight was further up on the map. So, like, I could just join those guys together to get their lives back together, you know, their life back up. So, it, this fight, I think it took me 23 to 25 turns. And See, mine was, like, 13. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, it took me... I watched two full halves. Uh, I it watched, took, like, two hours. Like, yeah. that was a really long time. Yeah, you, it was yeah multiply turns. it by three, because you're, you're not just doing it with one character. You're doing it with three characters. So, I watched the end of the... Uh, game one of the cat or the Warriors and Rockets game while playing this, and then I watched the end of game two of the Cavs and Celtics game the next day, and that's when I beat it. So, yeah, I watched basically a full game of basketball, so about three hours to beat this. It's not awesome. It's it's like, but, oh my god, it was so frustrating. And it's like, it would have been so fine. What I was reading from my guide, like quickly glancing over it's like technically speaking max could solo this mission if you really needed him to hell no i don't understand that i just well with max at least my strategy on the right side i had drake and drake was good because he could do that minus one thing even though i only got that like two or three times during the entire fight but he'd do that and he also had aerial units and once you took out his aerial crew or whatever, pretty much they could just, like, pick up whatever they needed to. So I'd be, like, fighting something, and then I'd just have, like, a copper chopper come in, do what it needed to do. On the left side, I pretty much had, like, three or four tanks going across the middle, and they would pretty much handle anything new that would come into that fray. Like, once you can control, like the three bases right past the bottleneck, you have a defense plus 20 or whatever on each of those. So having those like heavy unit tanks there, they're not really taking that much damage. Um, ultimately, you have to go up the middle with Andy. And my strat was, I need to place as many of my units, no matter how small, on the places that he's building. Yep, that's so, yeah, like, yeah. I, I just covered his airport, and that's a really involved process too, because the units that he spawns on those places have like an additional defense, just from the nature of them being spawned onto the airport or whatever. So you have to have like three units ready, and it's like, okay, these two units are going to take out this one unit, and then I'm going to have the third unit walk on top of it. And pretty much, I spent like two or three turns doing that, and just limiting the amount of things he could like amount of spaces yeah it didn't matter that he was making all that that money if he couldn't spend it yep yeah my only 30,000 was really ticking me off yeah every single freaking turn he was literally yeah he said building five troops a turn and it was very like yeah and it was it's all going back to him immediately after yeah so yeah it it was a very end up taking up like did you end up capturing any of his spaces for real i captured the things up to that to the choke point, and so like those first three that you were talking about mm-hmm. at the mount, I'd captured those, and then from there, like it was like 
at that point. Like, once I got into his fortress, it was a wrap. But it was just a struggle getting to his fortress. Because... Yeah. Cause he has Sam- all those artillery things, too. Yeah, because Sammy, Sammy's power was worthless for me. Because, um, like you said, I, I could have inf- I could have infantry, um, troops move quicker, well, <laughs> but they spawn so far back from... It was just like... Them APCs, man. Hey, well... I was... I don't know, like... It, no, it, it would it still was, take forever. I, I get you. Yeah, because yeah, it was it was a very frustrating fight. I um I I don't think this was this game at its finest. I think the concept of having three on one is a cool concept, and I did like that. And overall, like I'm glad that I finished this game. But to me, the twentieth mission is the final, like <laughs> the real final boss. Or final mission. Honestly, if they just had it so he could use his CO ability on that that mission mission twenty, mm-hmm. it, that 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 mission was like, I mean, it had everything because it had naval, aerial, and ground units. So it had right, that would have been a really hard mission if he had that CO ability right then. Yeah, but you're more spread out in that map. Yeah, but I don't know. All right. Well, that that do you have anything else you need to say about this? Um, basically, uh, you drive, you, <laughs> Andy and company arrive on the scene and stop Sturm and drive him out of the land once and for all. And that's the end of the game. The, the story wise, there is no, uh, it, it was very disappointing to see how the story wrapped up. It was very, it was like oh, we yeah. were fighting I, for I nothing. I had such high expectations, man. They they freaking let me down so bad. Yeah. So it it, it was pretty frustrating for me too because like I I still think the writing in this game is pretty enjoyable. It's funny to me or amusing to me, charming to me, but I don't think it's like the end all be all. And I kind of don't really like the payoff as far as where the story ends up. It's just kind of like, Oh really? That's it. Want, want wet blanket. So yeah. did they even set up like a sequel or anything? What, what was like, I, I actually, I don't know if there's some type of sequel that's set up after the credits or anything. Like I, I doubt it. Um, no, there's definitely no post credits thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the story going into the second game is. No idea. I know there's more characters introduced, and I know they ex- like branch so off. I, and... I said that Stern was an octopus. What if um, the next one's a squid, and this is all a, a sequel or a prequel to Splatoon? I'm good. <laughs> Think about it. I'm good. <laughs> um. So, do we have any any anything else? Anything else we need to say about Advance Wars? Do you guys got any gameplay things, Trevor or Greg? I'm sorry for spoiling this game for you. I know you guys are really into it for the story, so my fault. My experience is ruined now, thank you. <laughs> spoiling it? You mean by letting me know there's going to be more Fog of War? <laughs> you could have seen that coming a mile away. Oh, wait. <laughs> Are you are you uh, guys going to finish the game? Are you planning on finishing it? I have intentions to, but we know how that goes. So, eventually. Hey man, you guys got a free week, right? Right. Free week? Huh? Cause, what? Because because we're recording we're this not episode taking a early. week off, are we? 
recording this episode early. Uh, I'm still lost. You're going to have to elaborate. We might have to take that one offline. <laughs> okay, we'll take it <laughs> offline. Y'all, man, y'all missing. It's not even a joke. Okay. Or, uh-huh. or start the next game early. Trevor, what do you mean start the game early? <laughs> Would you be starting it on time? <laughs> I'm glad somebody understands. <laughs> um, well, do you guys got anything else you need to say about Advance Wars, good, bad, or ugly? Nah, it's uh, overall I enjoy my time with it. Uh, we'll see if I can, I can uh, finish it off. But yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of laid what my issues with the game were out there but overall I, I liked it would you check out the series continue checking out the at least the advanced series or yeah i've i've, I've got a advanced wars 2 and then uh, i've got dual strike so maybe uh maybe i'll try and dig into those too all right what about you dante um i don't really have too much to add i might check out another advanced wars at some point, but it's not on the top of my list as far as like things to do. But I did enjoy my time with the game overall. How do you feel now? I know you said you were a little salty by not expecting to play this game. Ultimately, are you glad you played it, or not? I mean, not more so than playing a different game. But are you okay with the fact that this was the game we played, and like, did you ultimately have a decent time with it? I guess. Yeah, like. I'm not upset that it's going to be one of the games I complete during the year. Gotcha. gotcha. And it was fine. Because gotcha. otherwise, I probably wouldn't have played a strategy game this year. Yeah, so it's so, so, something new, something different. Uh, what about you, Trevor? Oh, Wait, one, one quick thing. So before Trevor answers, I just want you guys to think about this and be ready, have an answer ready after he's done. If you were a CEO, what would your um, power be? All right, Trevor. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking right now. But uh, how would you? Uh, how would you? How do you think of, of your Events Wars experience, and would you check out future versions of the game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd check out another one. This ain't the strategy game for you. Exactly. <laughs> but for my uh, uh, strategy games, long and. <laughs> I can't even think of <laughs> We know what you're getting at. <laughs> is it is it just like what just is it that thing in particular that you just like some some type of continuity or This one I think just didn't have enough depth. But that probably has to do with it too is the longevity of it of like each um each run. I don't so know. You're, I get what you're saying. So, like, because there's more continuity in the strategy games you normally play, you feel like there's more depth in strategy, and like the 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 game evolves. Like with Advance Wars, like I was telling y'all earlier, there were certain instances where I would see something going wrong, and I would be able to start over. Well, with strategy games I'm used to playing, you starting over is like. Throwing out six hours it's a major worth time of gameplay, right? Yeah. Basically, you want to be able to play a game that you can't finish in a sit down and are in a playthrough <laughs> in uh, one sitting. Yeah. Something like. Well, do can... I have a mission for you? 
you need to get to that last mission. It sounds like man, I'm gonna try. Hey man, I need to, I need to hear what you think about that last mission though, because I I think that not necessarily like this will be the saving grace or whatever, but if that's what you like, I would like to know how you felt about that mission, because I think me and Dante both are kind of sour on it, but I think that that sounds like it's kind of up your alley. It's kind of like I, I want to know if like the Advance Wars version of that style of strategy is right for you or not. I will definitely try to get there. All right, um, and for me, uh, I, I I'm glad I played this game. Like I said, this was going to be on my own personal list. It's something I suggested for the the crew for us to play. So I'm glad that the fans voted for this game or whoever suggested this game that we play it. And I'm glad it won because I got to knock a game out that I wanted to play. Um, it's definitely something i like i i kind of wish it's it's weird because like man it would have been super interesting to have played this game when it first came out but also like i probably wouldn't have run into it when it first came out so like i think i'm playing it at the right time uh and i definitely seeing some things in it that i'm like i wish this would change or this would change but ultimately i think the game was pretty pretty dope and um uh, I would definitely check out some later versions of this game. Uh, I think I think we said there are four. This is game one of four in the Advanced War series, so uh, I might try to check out one of those other games, the handheld ones, or maybe even Battalion Wars, if uh, I can figure out where my Wii is. <laughs> so I definitely am a fan and will would like to continue playing if I can, if I have the time to. Um, I'm gonna let you start, Dante, since you posed the question. Uh, if you had a CO ability, what would your, or you said CO ability or power? CO power. CO power. What would your power be? My power would allow all of my troops to move two extra spaces during a turn. I think. Gotcha. I think my power would be to, like, I'd want to start some type of, I would want a status effect power. So maybe like an earthquake or something that kind of like rearranges or like kind of morphs the terrain. So like something that was once traversable is not traversable. So like maybe like take down a bridge or maybe uh, level a mountain or something like that. Uh, what about you, Greg? Um. So I was thinking this was like a joke question, but so I was thinking in a totally different no, direction. It's, it's but, funny if you want to just troll. No, it's funny if you no, just want to joke about his super serious question. No, Maybe this is why we don't get emails. Oh <laughs> uh, no! So just when you started saying that, I was just thinking it would have to be something that either would give me like an or give some of my units an extra turn, or would. Um, stop the enemy units from advancing at all, which I guess would be a little bit too powerful, but I mean, that'd probably be what I would, what I would want. Maybe you could like just target like maybe one or two enemies and so they can't. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty much Eagle's power was to literally have a second turn. That's true. Yeah. Was it only for his aerial units that could do that or? I think so. Yeah. What about, still, yeah. What about you, Trevor? Good. So... My real answer should be to be able to get rid of all fog. 
<laughs> a whirlwind ability. Be so um, but I think my power would be um, for one turn, I could sacrifice any of my units and replace them with another unit from anywhere on the map. So basically, like teleportation with the, um, you know, having after sacrificing the unit. Wait, does it teleport them to the same spot, or yeah. is it just to the spot? Oh, dude, that the you're sacrifice. limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself. Hey, man, you you gotta take you gotta take the Krugers with the straights. No, because I'm saying like you could sacrifice the infantry. What if you just want to move your battleship somewhere else? You know, <laughs> like you would only be limited. Like only aerial or only naval units could do naval units. Oh, that's and, true. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. So just take off that little uh, limiter. So like you can sacrifice somebody and just teleport any other character anywhere else on the map. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. I actually, you know, what's funny is like as the game progressed, I was like, man, like I, I kind of let me do a quick apology to Andy too. Um, when the game started, I thought he was the wackest character in the game, uh, mostly just off his CO ability or power. He has no CO ability, and I thought that was super whack. But he was super clutch in the second half of this game. Uh, him versus Drake with the the tsunami effect, it pretty much negated the tsunami. Um, the tsunami did one or two damage, I don't remember off the top of my head, and Andy healed all units two damage, uh, or two life, so it kind of negated that. And then even, not necessarily in the same manner, but um, using Andy's units to tank the meteor hits. Uh, granted, you're not healing all your life back, but uh, it was better than having the other care, the other teams uh, take those hits because he could at least heal back a little bit. Plus his uh, bases were a little bit more clustered. So uh, yeah, he, he was pretty he was pretty clutch in the second half of this game. So I think I said he had the worst ability, but mm, it was pretty it was pretty useful. Um, do we got anything else? I do remember one thing I was hoping for in a sequel. What's that? I think you should be able to quote unquote trade in units at bases. So upgrade like, them. Let's say you had a tank at two health or whatever. Or let's say you had a tank at full health. If you went to a base, you should have the option to like quote unquote deconstruct it. And at full health you should get like let's say fifty to sixty percent of its actual value. Trade in value <laughs> GameStop. Yeah. Pretty much like GameStop. So except for a lot better percentages. I wish So if it's sixteen thousand you'd get eight thousand or whatever. I wish you could I mean this is stupid and may not ever make any sense because the the balancing wise but if you took a, a unit to a base that it was uh a building base you could just spend resources to to um bring its life back up instead of like i mean they take resources when they heal it but that's what i'm saying so like oh i didn't realize that you could just spend extra though yeah just like okay instead of like keeping this like if you had a unit at 2 hp it would take 4 turns to get it from 2 to 10 to full life if you could just spend resources in order to just expedite that process and like get it back to full health in one turn i would have liked that that'd have been cool actually you know what would have been a cool CO ability? Being able to use resources to buy bases. Just instead of like capturing it, just buying a base. <laughs> I 
bad. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, it was frustrating when you got onto like a ton of bases or whatever, and it's like, man, I need an infantry person. Yep. Right now. Yep. Yep. Um, well, I guess that's going to conclude our Advance Wars discussion. Uh, overall, I think we like the game. Uh, kind of, we have our, our grievances, I guess you could say, with the game. But uh, I think overall we dug it. Um, Greg, do we have any questions? Any emails? Uh, <clears throat> no emails this time. But uh, if you guys want to, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up at mischeckpoints at gmail.com. No emails, but they do, our fans don't email, but they do vote in polls. So at least we get we get some involvement. Um, and uh, so uh, where can people find you at? And I'll start, start with you again, uh, Greg. Where can people find you at? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero, uh, Facebook Boombox Hero, and uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegrox. All right. And uh, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me in the fog. <laughs> Is that you, Trevor? <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where can people find you at Dante? They can find me. They might be able to find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. I think I'm going to start streaming again. Streaming? You got anything in mind? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe Yakuza. The, which one? Kiwami. So the one that... <laughs> I should have won, you know. I mean, I'm just saying. Dang, it's salt in the salt in the. Is that what we're doing now? (laughs) You wanted to play this. I was like, oh, that would be a nice thing, but no, forget I said that. All right. Well, um, (laughs) uh, you can find maybe Detroit become human. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you can find me at your local uh, French McDonald's. Trying some of the delicacies. You going to Brothers? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right. Report back. <sighs> yeah, so um, I guess with that, uh, we're Miss Checkpoints, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.